On July 15, 1968, television viewers were introduced to the town of Landview, Pennsylvania, a fictional suburb of Philadelphia. Now, 43 years and nearly six months later, those same television fans are having to say goodbye. After more than 11,000 episodes, today, January 13, 2012, One Life to Live aired its final episode on ABC. Today, it's time to celebrate all the things we love about Landview and One Life to Live, because there's still a whole lot of life left to live. So join us today as we look back at 43 years of memories on a very special edition of Soap Central Live. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and today we are going to be paying tribute to One Life to Live. I'm sure many of you out there agree with me that One Life to Live still had an awful lot of life left in it, and its time on network television was nowhere near done. Hopefully one day we'll be talking about its return, whether it be on a cable channel, the internet, or some other form of entertainment. There are still so many people who are so passionate about One Life to Live, and today we're going to be celebrating that passion. Back in November, I had the distinct privilege of being able to attend the final press junket that ABC held for One Life to Live in its Manhattan studio, and during that time I had the opportunity to speak to much of the cast of One Life to Live and even some of the behind-the-scenes crew members. Today you'll be hearing those interviews You'll also be hearing some clips from memorable episodes of One Life to Live. It's almost impossible to fit 43 years of memories into one single radio program, so we're going to be stretching this out over the course of several weeks. Coming up in February, you'll be hearing more of the interviews with the stars of One Life to Live. There are so many talented actors and actresses that have been working to bring One Life to Live to life for us for 43 years, and they had some amazing things to say. Not all of them will be able to fit in this week's show. So coming up throughout February, you'll be hearing even more of those interviews. But before that, in just two weeks, on January 27th, Soap Central Live will be holding a special edition of our show and taking your phone calls to find out who your favorite characters are, what your favorite storylines were, and what got you hooked on One Life to Live in the first place. We're not going to forget any of our canceled soaps anytime soon. While you're over there thinking of your own personal favorite storylines of all time from One Life to Live, let's take this opportunity to find out what the stars of One Life to Live have chosen as their favorite and most memorable storylines of all time. We'll start off with someone who has literally grown up before our eyes on One Life to Live, Kristen Alderson. She started on One Life to Live as Star Manning when she was just six. I had my first kiss on the show, and it was actually my first kiss in real life, too, so the whole world saw my first kiss. And then um, my first love scene, and Star getting pregnant, and I think that it was a really big deal for fans to see Star having a love scene 
when they've known her since she was like six years old, you know, they've known me. So they look at me as like their little girl, like either their granddaughter or their, you know, their niece or whatever. Um, so we had to really be careful and make sure that it was as tasteful as possible. Are you serious? You, uh, you, you, you want me to sleep over tonight? I want us to do more than sleep. I want us to be together together. Well, uh, I want to be with you more than anything. It'll be perfect this time. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Just, just hear me out. There's nowhere else I'd rather spend my last night than here with you and hope. And then once I go undercover, who knows when I'll be able to see you guys. Okay, right. So call Rachel and give her some excuses to why you can't sleep at the treatment center tonight. Okay, what, what, what about your parents? Your dad said he was strangling me before he let me get in bed with you. I think, um, I think the pregnancy storyline was my favorite. I, um, that whole year, like 2008, I would say it was like my favorite year, just because um, Star actually had a 91 pregnancy, which is very rare in the soap world. Um, and we got to see every thing that she went through from the pregnancy test to her first doctor's appointment, from deciding whether or not to keep, you know, just every single thing, every belly movement, every, like, every feeling, and I felt like I was the most connected to Star that I had ever been, because I've never been to that situation, but it sort of put me in that situation. Um, and also, I wrote a blog, like, every Friday, um, that was like a 16-year-old playing a pregnant 16-year-old and how I felt wearing a baby's belly and how it scared me, but I wasn't even pregnant. Um, and then I got to do a lot of interviews around with you, and I went to DC and spoke on a panel, and uh, I got to get really close with the fans in that sense as well. You know, a lot of teenage girls wrote into me and what they were going through, and just to like have that discussion, it was, it was one of the most powerful things that I've ever for actor Mark Lawson, it was the challenge of a powerful storyline that turned out to be his favorite. I really, really appreciated and enjoyed getting to do the um, the Iraq flashback storyline with the uh, with shooting the kid and the, and the PTSD storyline. That's been the crux of the whole Brody character. And for me, that's been the one that still rings true. And that's uh, one of my favorite challenges as an actor on this show is to carry that with me. Because a lot of the time, there's a temptation to drop drop the, his the history of the character and to just play every storyline fresh. And uh, to me, it's more interesting if you filter everything through your character history. And that's that one's, that rings through everything that happens to Brody. Even in the times when he's peaceful and easy, there's a bit of an uneasiness with him because he's always afraid he could relapse again. So to me, that's been the most fruitful storyline. Chanel Edmonds explains that one of the biggest perks of being on a soap opera is knowing that she's a part of history, something that she and her grandmother used to watch together. My grandma used to watch, like, Bold and Beautiful, Young and Restless, and I would be, like, laying there saying, like, Grandma, can we change the channel? And I, I, I think that's really the only thing I remember. And one thing, I, another thing I do remember is, when Reva was blind and she saw the fireworks and then she came here, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, my grandma loves you, I love you, oh my God, like, oh my God. And getting to meet her was like, whoa. And then she's 
Fictional love stories aside, some real-life couples have been formed through their work on One Life to Live. One of them is Farrah Fath and Jean-Paul Lavoisier, who share, quite honestly, that the greatest moment for them on One Life to Live was meeting. I think what Jean-Paul and I are going to remember is um, pretty cut and dry. We met. <laughs> we met we and fell we fell in love. love. So that's our answer. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... We met our, we met our soulmates. The frenetic pace of putting together a soap opera means that as soon as you've learned your lines for one scene and performed them for the camera, it's time to get ready to do the next day's episode. So sometimes it's hard to remember what you filmed just a matter of a couple of weeks ago. So imagine being on one program for 20, 30, even 40 years. Imagine there's a lot of storylines to have to remember. Take a listen to Hillary B. Smith and Robert S. Woods recalling their first days on the set and realizing that maybe the way they remembered it wasn't quite the way that it happened. So, my first day of Nora, I sat around all day. I was the last item. <laughs> and it was one item. And it was a one-way phone call. <laughs> and I was told I couldn't do this play that I was supposed to do. And I sat around. I mean, I literally sat around all day. I think it was like 7.30 at night. And all the producers came out and said, I'm so sorry to get arrested. Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. I did this phone call, and, you know, it was to hang. I'm in Chicago, he's in Landview, and I'm, you know, yelling at him because I want my daughter to come back. And it's the first time you've seen his ex-wife, mother of Rachel. And that was it. But I had sat in the dressing room all day, and um, I sat in Tanya Walker's dressing room. Ooh. She had pictures of herself all over the place. I was fascinated with all these pictures. So that did enter my mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Linda Gottlieb came and knocked on the door and she was the executive producer. She said, whatever you want to do, do it. You have heart love. Just remember, women like us always come off very hard. You must make her feminine and soft at all costs. It was like, okay. And then just go have fun and do what you want to do. The next knock on the door was from Nathan Perdue. So, you're playing my wife, huh? Well, maybe we should talk about this marriage that we have. And I'm not real happy that you screen tested with Bob Woods and not me. After all, you were supposed to be my wife. All right. And I don't think I worked with you for weeks. Yeah, who's that? No, you were in your office window. You were in your office because you just got walked off the ledge. Yes. Yes, I said, do you have a dollar? It isn't just that producing a soap is like putting together a different play every day of the week, every week of the year. But even after a while, soap actors will tell you they sort of get the hang of being able to memorize a different script every day. So in 2002, One Life to Live decided to shake things up a little bit and do something that hadn't been done in nearly 20 years. Broadcast a show live. 
And it wasn't just one episode. One Life to Live decided to air an entire week of shows live. At the time, no one was sure quite how it would go. What happened if someone forgot a line? What happened if, as rumored, the cast of another soap decided to run naked in the background of a live broadcast? Well, it turns out none of that happened and it went relatively smoothly. But Eileen Kristen has a little bit of a different perspective. She talks about the adrenaline rush of going live. The live week was unbelievable. It was scary as hell. I mean, it was scary. I, I don't think I've ever been as scared in a way as that. But I think it was so mind-bending. And, and the story that was told, for me personally, of, of, of getting married to, to Jim DePive on the show, we really surprised people. We were kind of a couple steps ahead of the audience on that one which is rare on the soap to be ahead of the audience because that audience is very smart. They're very, very smart. But it was live and it was, it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts because you'd rehearse the day. Actually, you had much more rehearsal. You actually really were much more familiar with everything, but it was still that you were live and like anything can happen. But, so it, it was the adrenaline rush was crazy and the writers would gather upstairs, I think, and then when the show was over, they would come downstairs and they would applaud. And then you'd relax. And then about half an hour later, you'd get nervous again because then the next day you'd be doing something like that. So that was something. But there's been, everything about the show has been great. You know, everything about the show has been really, really great. Yeah, uh, when I did this uh, made for water, and then at one point I fainted, like, because I was so drunk and so, like, dehydrated that I just fainted. Uh, it was so great. You know, I'll never forget my first day of work. Um, well, Erica Slazak was so uh, generous to me that day, because I hadn't done a soap in a while, and they were just, it, you know, she just was so gracious, so gracious and so generous. But I'll never forget Gary. You know, it went very well, and Gary Tomlin coming down and going like, ah, you know, and I could, I could see, you know, he was excited because I don't know how long I was supposed to actually be on the show. I mean, I knew I was going to be on longer than a month. I, I pretty much knew that, but, you know, you never know. They can have you on, and they go, well, that was nice, but next. Uh, but I could tell when Gary came down, he saw all the possibilities of what of what that character could be. He saw it. Yeah, he saw it. A bunch of other people saw it. So it's it's been just great. I mean, it's been up and down story wise, and you know, I think there have been certain mandates and dictates from the powers that be that haven't always you know, thrilled me. But generally speaking, there's been not one script that I've gotten that I've gone like, nah, never, not one, not one. Even the love center, remember the love center? Yeah, yeah. At first I was like, what? But, but I really loved, I ended up loving that. It isn't just the fans that are entitled to have their opinions about which storylines work and which ones don't. Even the stars have their opinions, as you're about to hear Erica Slezak talk about one of the storylines that she absolutely didn't like. 
and she'll also share her thoughts on some of her storylines over the years that she absolutely enjoyed. And I've told this story before. Um, there was a writer, and I don't remember, I really don't remember who it was, who decided that Vicky could be hypnotized to kill Kevin herself. And I said, and I actually called up hypnotists and said, can you hypnotize somebody to commit a murder? Especially if somebody that they love? And in the end, she didn't kill Kevin. Um, I had the gun like this one, like this. Uh, and then I came out of it and went, oh my God, what am I doing? I hated that story. I hated it. Um, there are other stories that we've done that I've just hilariously heard. Solaramite, do you remember Solaramite? No, you're all too young. Solaramite was an alternate source of energy, and it, uh, it lived in a vein underground and had to be extracted without exposing it to oxygen, because if you exposed Solaramite to oxygen, it exploded. There happened to be only one vein of it in the world, and it ran right under land there, my house. <laughs> and we had a Solaramite extractor, which our prop guys built, and you looked like R2-D2, and they funny noises. <laughs> it was hilarious, you know, but you had to love it. Eterna, which a lot of people hated. I had a great time. I was underground. We fell up, fell through a hole in the ground, like Alice in Wonderland, and we came up to a tiny hole in the ground after weeks or months or however long it was there. We had fun down there. They built this unbelievable set in TV One. And it was three stories high, and they had all this earth that they were throwing around when it collapsed. And all the camera people, all the engineers, all the prop guys, everybody to direct, everybody wore masks because this was full as earth or something. And none of the actors had it, and every single actor had the money after. It was fun. We had a good time. <laughs> I went to heaven over there, too. I loved that. That was awesome. Um, working with Johnny Fiedler, who was Virgil, my angel, who took me a little too soon, and he got reprimanded because I wasn't quite dead, and yet he took me, and I left my body, and I went to heaven, and then I got to come back to God. Yeah, I've been to heaven three times. Fortunately, they've all been round trips. At the time of these interviews, the cast and crew of One Life to Live, and even the fans, did not yet know that One Life to Live would not be moving on to the Internet under Prospect Park. Many of the actors and actresses discussed how they'd like to see their characters' storylines wrap up on ABC, and many discussed what they'd like to see happen for their characters in the future. We know now that there won't be an immediate future for One Life to Live, but of course everyone is optimistic that the show could maybe return at some point down the line. And as you'll hear, many of the actors and actresses of One Life to Live want the show to continue because they know that the fans are not yet done sharing their love with the residents of Landview. I think, um, you know, we brought, or they brought back uh, Roger Todd right as we were being canceled. And, uh, I was so excited about that possibility of playing out the, uh, the Trevor Todd, Roger Todd, and I loved the story. I think it really brought a lot of focus back to the history of Todd and Blair. Um, the show has not ended. We were, you know, wrapping up in January, so I think the best is yet to come. Um, but I think, I hope that Blair and Todd end up in each other's arms. 
for the ending because I think that's that would be closure for the fans and I think it would be closure for Blair's that's how Cassie DePaiva wanted to see Blair's storyline wrap up on One Life to Live. For Shana's treasury, though, she wanted to see something a little more spicy. You can call it frivolous, you can call it uh, fulfilling a dream, but there's something that she wasn't able to do on One Life to Live during her short term with the show that she really hoped to see in the future. I was like, I'm going to be in a stuff opera. I'm going to be like rolling around in bed with some fucking guys. <laughs> but no, Ramon Patel has not had that, so that would be cool. For Jerry Verdorn, who'd signed on to be a part of the internet-based One Life to Live, he didn't expect there to be much downtime between production on ABC and production for the internet. In fact, he'd said at the time that his wife was already planning what he should be doing during his time off. Not every contract player planned to move to the internet-based version of One Life to Live, but it doesn't mean that they found the end of One Life to Live any less sad. Here, Farrah Fath and Jean-Paul Lavoisier talk about how devastating the end of One Life to Live is for the fans. People just associate so much of things that happened in their real life with the, you know, the timeline of events on the show because we're, you know, we, it airs 200 sometimes a year. It's, it's not like a, we don't have seasons. It's just an ongoing thing. There's no repeats. It's the daily. You get people tuned in and watch our daily lives every day or something new, like now, in their life. Something and now new. that it's coming to an end and we're approaching our final day, I think it's really hitting me personally um, about what a big impact. You know, being a part of this show and what a big impact that it, it, it actually is to be on a soap opera and be a part of a soap opera. Um, it becomes such se second nature and it just becomes such a part of our life, our daily routine that, you know, we forget that it really does affect so many people and so many people, um, you know, rely on that one hour every single day. And um, it's getting a little bit sad and I'm feeling nostalgic but, um, you know, I'm very, I'm very honored to have been a part of One Life to Live for 10% of its airtime. When you've played a single role for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, sometimes some viewers forget that the actor and the character are different people. So imagine playing more than one character on a soap. Imagine playing four. That's one of the dilemmas that Brie Williamson has faced, playing several characters on One Life to Live, and sometimes fans forget that she's just one person in real life. You know, there's two different kinds of fans. There are fans that are just like, oh my god, hi, how are you? And they don't really want anything. You know, most of the time they just don't really want. They just want to, like, say hi and thank you, and I watch your show, and it's so exciting, and it's nice to meet you, and that's it. I mean, they always ask me what character I like playing the best, even though I think they already know. Um... And that's pretty much the question that I get the most, is what character do I like playing the best? Or who am I at the moment? Am I Jess, Tess, or Bess, or Wes? 
and I always say that I'm Brie. I started the show, I, you know, I, I was new to the country, I was new to the city, um, I had just finished college, you know, and, and now I'm like married and I have a one-year-old, so a lot's changed, so I've learned a lot. I mean, it, it's been amazing. It's been amazing to have this job through, like, through all the things that I've been through in the past eight years, so yeah, it's, it's been pretty great. With the mood tense and a lot of the actors feeling nostalgic and sad about the end of One Life to Live, it didn't stop some of the actors from making some jokes. Here, Josh Kelly and Terry Kahn speak about one of their co-stars on One Life to Live who ordinarily doesn't have a lot to say on his own, the porcupine. He was very funny too with the porcupine. Like in between scenes, in between scenes, he'd be like, "What a prick!" <laughs> and what was the other thing? Oh, oh, he's ready, quilling, and able. <laughs> uh, <laughs> those, those People have a tendency to associate soap operas with over-the-top drama, and they sometimes forget that soaps can do comedy, too, especially when you have a talented cast like that of One Life to Live. And it's not just acting. Long before primetime shows were singing and dancing, One Life to Live was doing it first. And some may say that it was doing it better. One Life to Live has also hosted some of the biggest names in pop music today. One of them is even a huge fan of the show who just had to put his own personal spin on the show's theme song. Just in case you didn't know, that was Snoop Dogg with his own twist on the One Life to Live theme song. And why did he do it? Well, it's because he's a huge One Life to Live fan. In fact, he appeared on the show on several different occasions. And it's not just Snoop that's a fan of One Life to Live. The cast and crew of One Life to Live are equally huge fans of his, as you'll hear Kristen Alderson explain how excited she and the rest of her cast were when they found out that Snoop was going to appear on the show. Yeah, it is so much fun. Um, One Life has always been really musical, which is awesome. You know, I'm really into music as well, and um, I like to sing. I like to, you know, see people perform, so it's always a treat when we come into work and they'll say, hey, guess what, Snoop Dogg's going to be on next week. And we're like, what, are you kidding? You know, and basically, like, I've had the pleasure of being in practically all of the scenes that, you know, the musical guests have been on recently. So mm -hmm. I've gotten to meet all of them, and um, Lifehouse was the most recent band that was on the show, and they were all the sweetest guys. They were so cool. So it's just such, we like pinch ourselves every day we come into work and do things like that. It's crazy. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, you see these big celebrities that you've known your whole life and um, and then to hear that they're a fan of you, it's just mind-boggling. You're like, are you kidding me? You know who I am? 
Um, I think one of the coolest moments was when um, Mary J. Blige performed on the show, and she actually performed twice. And the first time she performed, um, when I met her for the first time, she went, Star! And like gave me a big hug, and I was freaking out. I couldn't believe that she knew who I was. <laughs> there were any star-crossed lovers, there was a little something called Babes Behind Bars. We were done. Everyone's supposed to stop when we're done. Can't you get anything right? <laughs> all right, all right. Throughout its 43 years, One Life to Live wasn't afraid to take chances. They weren't afraid to do something new in an effort to lure new viewers and to keep existing viewers happy. One thing, though, that everyone can agree on is that One Life to Live knew how to do drama. Perhaps the best-known scene in One Life to Live history involves a courtroom. And actress Judith Light playing Karen Wallach. I am not lying. I came here to see justice done. Vicki Riley didn't kill anybody. Why can't you understand that? The innocence or guilt of Mrs. Riley will be determined by this jury. But not until you have been given all the facts. Now, isn't it a fact that there was a great deal more to your relationship with Marco Dane than you have admitted? Yes, 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 yes! What do you do, Mr. Galveston? <laughs> Haven't I said what everyone wants to hear? What you want everyone to hear? That I am a common hooker like Katrina Carr? That Marco Dane was my pimp? Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This week on your favorite soap opera, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. 
Hey everybody, I'm back. <laughs> this is a very special edition of Soap Central Live, celebrating the launch of the new web series River Ridge. Think of this, I guess, as Soap Central Live After Dark. I'm your host Dan Kroll. Now, before we bring on our guests this week, let me give you a little bit of background on River Ridge. In August 2010, I had the opportunity to travel to Delaware to watch the taping of River Ridge. Now, Delaware, with all apologies to Erica Kane, may not exactly be the corner of Hollywood and Vine, but I don't want that to uh, let anyone out there be misled. See, there's a certain small-town charm to River Ridge that not only looks beautiful on film, but it really lends itself to allow any viewer to feel like it's home. I hope that you guys can understand that. If not, you're going to find out in just about an hour. It's been more than six months since the official trailer for River Ridge premiered on SoapCentral.com, and we're now just, well, it's less than an hour now to the web series official launch on the SFN, an online network that's going to feature all of the hottest online series. So today, we're going to be joined by some of the cast and crew of River Ridge, who will be giving us previews, inside information, and all other sorts of goodies. And check this out. You guys are going to be able to call in and be part of our celebration. We'll be taking your calls on the hotline at 866 866- Four seven two five seven eight eight, and you can also follow along on Twitter at Soap Central Live. Our first guest is the creative mind behind River Ridge. Tyler Ford is not only the creator, but he's also the writer, executive producer, and the director of the series. So let's bring him on first. Tyler, welcome to Soap Central Live. Dan, thank you for having me. I feel like we've known each other for so long, but this is my first official appearance on Soap Central. It really is. This is sort of, uh, you know, I was looking back to find out when the date was, when when the, I was down there and able to watch all October. of the magic go on. And, it was October. And it wasn't really? For some reason I thought it was yes. August. We were well, so anyway. delighted to have you on the set. I was excited to be there. You know, one of the things that's interesting is I've seen Soap's tape. Uh, I've been in the studios. This was really the first time that I've been on on location where there's been a whole lot of stuff going on and I don't know what to expect just like so many of the other fans out there you know they know what to expect from a soap but this is something totally different we're all really waiting to see what's going on so uh, you know this is this is a big night yes it is well, I mean it's a well first of all let's say it's a party so we are very excited and have that atmosphere and have that energy but Yes, you were there. I, I believe you were there in particular with a scene that's in the pilot tonight with Beth Ellers and Sidney Coleman that they were filming. So, yes, you know, we're all very excited to just see everybody's opinions, to see the reactions. You know, we've, it's been a long journey to get to this point, and I feel that everyone has just been with us. The fans have been so loyal and so supportive, and we've kind of, been on a journey with them as well, which has been very exciting. So we are so, so eager to hear their words, their thoughts, their just everything tonight. So it's very, very exciting, and we're the anticipation is, is lingering. Well, there's a whole lot of questions, and I know there's a lot of questions that fans want asked, but since you mentioned Sydney Coleman, she was here on the show twice before, once as a surprise guest and once back on another ominous date of Friday the 13th, back in 2010, I guess it was. So there's something magical about Friday the 13th. Yeah, Let's... we have a relationship with you and Friday the 13th as well, <laughs> isn't that? I'm not you're entirely lucky, sure. You're a lucky charm. 
Well, good, because, you know, Friday the 13th, in terms of the movies, there weren't really that many happy endings in those the, the horror films. But hopefully this is this is a lot better. Friday the 13th, for me, has always been sort of fun. I sort of laugh in the face <laughs> of superstition. Well, it's, well, it's my favorite number. And, and we are we had a, our screening in Tribeca on 11-11-11. So numbers and dates like that, we try to, you know incorporate them and, and numbers are very important to us and Friday the 13th as everything with River Ridge is turning sending positivity out there so why not take a date and make it positive sounds good to me and well we mentioned of course Signe Pease in on screen as Sharon Reeves but she's also the executive producer on the project so why don't we uh, bring her in for the party Signe welcome back to Soap Central Live Dan thank you so much for having us it's so great to be here we're such big fans of yours so we're so happy to be here Thank you so much. This is, you know, for folks out there who are who are listening, I mean, obviously the two of you have have seen what's going to be taking place online. I've seen firsthand sort of what it looked like behind the camera. But, you know, really, there's so many of us out there that we have no idea what to expect. And you guys have been doing such a a wonderful job of teasing us. Let's rewind a little bit and find out from Tyler. Where did the idea from River Ridge come from? The idea was born out of the realization that maybe and perhaps the old, you know, idea that writers write what they know is the most powerful. And for most of my life, I've been a writer since before I knew how to write. I would draw pictures and use illustrations, but I never really subscribed to the idea of writing what you know. I would like to create worlds that I that were different to me and something that I didn't understand that was more interesting and then I did a I wrote a screenplay and it happened to be the most the, the strongest work that I did and then when I went back and looked at it I said wow it was subconsciously powerful because it was about experiences that I subconsciously injected into it so I so with, with River Ridge it was okay well then let me sit down and write what I know and writing what I know is the experiences that I had in the town, the place that I, that I came from. So that's sort of where it began, that idea that all the experiences, all the, the, the human condition is ultimately my muse. So the, the beauty and the bitterness and everything, the, the complexities, all of it of the human condition really just fuel, you know, my work. So that's what it was about ultimately in, in the beginning. And, Signe, how did you first become uh, aware of this project? And more importantly, how did you go from just appearing on screen to becoming an executive producer on the project? Um, it's a great story. But, Dan, if you don't mind, um, I just want to take a moment. Um, I want to send out um, a heartfelt message to the entire cast and crew of One Life to Live. Absolutely. And to the, the wonderful fans that have been so loyal to all of them, we want them to know that this is a very sad day for all of us, that um, we honor the incredible body of work that these amazing, gifted actors and actresses, you know, Erica Slezak, Cassie DePaiva, Robin Strasser, Rob Woods, Lori Smith, there's so many others, but just an incredible group of amazing people and just want all of them to know that, our thoughts, our hearts, our love, our prayers are with all of them, and we wish them continued success in all their future endeavors. Absolutely. It certainly has been. It's sort of uh, the extremes of emotions. I mean, just uh, two hours ago, we broadcast our One Life to Live tribute, 
And it's, you know, folks are, are still really, really reeling from the fact that this show from, of 43 years isn't going to be around. And then we go to the other extreme where, uh, you know, everyone is still excited that River Ridge is, is starting. So there's, there's really been the whole range of emotions today. Absolutely, and, and it's, it's life. It's very much what life is. It's, 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 you know, it's the loss, the letting go of one thing, and then the birth of something new. And we and have nothing but the most... Sweet. Yes, exactly. Very bittersweet. And we have nothing but the greatest respect for what the fans and obviously the cast and crew must be going through today. Um, and, of course, our hope is to create something, this network, the SFN Entertainment Network that... Todd Fisher and Stuart St. John have created with, you know, incredible content and to create this series where the fans feel that they have a new home to come to. Um, and it's just, it's very difficult for all of us to see what's, what's taken place with, you know, with the soaps. It's, it's just very sad. So we say, well, what do we do? Let's create something new. And, and who's to say who you're going to see pop up in second season or third season on our show. There's, um, there's amazingly, incredibly gifted actors out there. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll create a home for some of those people. So um, at any rate, back to your original question, uh, there was a mutual friend that knew, that knew me. And Tyler, I guess, had been a fan of mine um, from other work that I had done on Young and the Restless and X-Files and, and, you know, a number of other shows. And we were supposed to have a brief meeting just to sort of, meet and greet and say hello and get a feel for each other. And there was an instant connection between Tyler and myself. We spoke the same language. We had sort of the same set of, um, of values in terms of trying to create something that would really reach out to people, you know, a show that had a, a, a seriously social conscience, you know, something that would evoke change and, and, and try to give something back to society through incredible story storytelling, which, of course, Tyler is brilliant at. He is a prolific and gifted writer. It's just his gift at such a young age is just so incredible. Um, so we met, we hit it off, and I was brought on as an actress. And then as I started to sort of get really involved in it and help Tyler get connected to, you know, agents and other actors and, and just my, I think in my enthusiasm for his gift, the script, what he wanted to create, what I had hoped to someday create, it just melded. And he called me up one day and said, look, I, I really feel that um, I would like for you to come on as a producer. And I really took my time thinking about it because I wanted to make sure that I could do justice uh, to the series. And um, with a lot of meditation, a lot of thoughts, a lot of soul searching, I said yes. And and it just went from there. So it's been an incredible journey. And I have to say that he and I work so well together. We really do. We are very simpatico. We're sort of one and the same. And I could not have, have picked a, a better partner than Tyler. It's just such, I have so much gratitude, gratitude to be doing this with him. So it's really been amazing. Uh, I feel the same way. I, I just told her we're actually on on opposite coast this evening and I said I wish I was holding your hand through all of this tonight because you've been on a journey <laughs> so are there open, opening night jitters for either of you I tend to send things out to the universe for me it was when the words were my words were spoken on the set 
to the actors, that's when I, quote-unquote, gave birth to the show. Now it's like raising a child. You're, we're raising it now. So for me, no, because I said today somewhere, thing, I, I, I want people to absorb it in any way that they, that they choose to. And, and, it, and it, these types of uh, shows like our show, I think, will mean different things to different people. So not jitters, um, more just excitement, eagerness, because we, we all, as, you know, Signe and I in, in particular, we just are more eager to see everybody's thoughts. We want to hear from everybody. We want to, you know, just, you know, that, that so it's more eagerness than jitters for me. Well, yeah, I think really we really good... do. We, we, it's so important. We really want to hear what the fans have to say. This is, this is definitely, um, you know, the, the difference between primetime network and, and our network on the internet, the SFN Entertainment Network, is that we want to be very interactive with the fans. We want to hear what they have to say. And um, we, I've seen it so many times. We've worked so hard on it. But when you have worked and seen the same thing over and over and over again, and every time you see it, you still have that strong emotional reaction to it where you get goosebumps or you cheer up when you see a fellow actor in a scene. I mean, there are just some incredible performances in here. You know, Julie and Beth and Mark and Matt and Shannon and newcomer Isabella Nolan, who you will not be seeing tonight, but... um, yeah, you just know that there's something here. It's something good that you've seen it so many times and still you have this, you know, very, very strong reaction to it. So um, it is. It's like you have a child and and you, you give them, you know, put all of this energy and love and creativity into them and then you have to sort of let them go. And uh, so that's what we're doing. We're letting it fly tonight in the hopes that the fans are, are really going to enjoy it and really connect to it, really connect to it. Well, you mentioned Shannon. We have Shannon Sturgis is ready to join the party. Apparently on Twitter, they are uh, popping bottles of wine and champagne. So I guess that means we need to add some more folks to the party. Shannon, welcome to Soap Central Live. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I didn't need to uh, geocache to find you. You actually came to me. This works really well. I know. And what's so great is we started that on the set of River Ridge. We did. That's uh, for folks out there. I, I introduced to, you to your new hobby and obsession. <laughs> it it kind of is. Folks can go to geocaching.com to find out what we're talking about. It, it's a whole lot of craziness and fun. It's sort of like the Amazing Race, just with a, a yeah, much. Shannon was always awesome. Budget. Where and I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Where's Shannon? <laughs> my uh, my husband left last night for Haiti. He's going for to help with the rebuilding effort. But he took a travel bug with him, and he's hoping to place it somewhere in Haiti, and hopefully it can travel out of there and around in other places. So there's all kinds of fun things to do with geocaching. <laughs> there's a whole lot of fun things. You know, one of the things that, that I've noticed, and I know that, uh, I'm again, I'm reading what folks are saying on Twitter. They're tweeting at Soap Central Live. And a, a lot of folks are noticing that in at least the trailer, there are a lot of folks who seem to be on the receding end of tongue lashings from Beth Ellers. Shannon, you're one of them, and Signe, you're another. So, Shannon, let's let's talk a little bit about your character. Give us a, a little teaser of, of what folks can expect, and then explain why is Beth Ellers yelling at everybody? <laughs> well, I can't tell you why she's lying at, yelling at everybody else, but she's yelling at Blythe because, well, Blythe is just sort of the nurturing center of River Ridge. 
she's looking out for everybody's best interest. Maybe sometimes she's a little misguided as anybody can make a mistake. Although, of course, I think that Beth's character is more misguided. Um, but but she, she's, she's just kind of the heart and soul and sort of the grounded place from which everybody else can sort of spin off and, and have, although life is not without secrets and not without drama, because it uh-uh. wouldn't, be a, 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 wouldn't be River Ridge without some drama, so... <laughs> but I can't, I can't give away why, she, why she's yelling at me, but she is. And, and she feels righteous in it. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to just let people vent, you know? <laughs> I know it. Every time, every week when I do a live show and, and we open up the callers, you never know. You have to let people have the opportunity to, to get it all out and make themselves feel better. So it's therapy. I understand. <laughs> So let's take it over. Uh, is there anyone else, I guess, for either for Tyler or Signe, is, uh does Beth Ellers yell at pretty much all of the characters? Oh. Her character, rather. <laughs> Not at me. <laughs> well, you have to understand. It's, 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 Go ahead, Ty, honey. That's, that's so interesting. Beth, um, Beth having, let's just say Beth is, or Corinne, her character, is unraveling. Mm-hmm. Slowly, um, so they're not cat fights in the in terms of daytime. It's just, you know, Bess is is unraveling. Corinne is unraveling. And she, so and she plays those scenes so beautifully. I mean, she's such a phenomenal actress. I think, of course, everybody knows that. But it's just to actually, this is my first time working with her, and to be in a scene with her was really quite fun. Oh, Even you if she's just, yelling, you two and just, oh my gosh. In front of my eyes. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, with Beth, you better, you better bring your A game, that's for certain, because Beth is an incredible actress, and her ability to step into the skin of a character and just put it on, you know, like a, a like a, a, a well-fitting wetsuit um, is amazing. And we don't want to give away, you know, what the, what the character's process and journey is right now, but needless to say that there's a reason for it. It's It's very justified. And she is just a showstopper. Um, you know, what a gift. I'm, our characters are, 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 are very good friends on the show, and so I have a different dynamic with her, my, my character, Sharon Reeves. Um, but, it's, you know, she's not just as, you know, as was said, she's not just yelling to, to you know, for the sake of yelling and, and mm-hmm. doing, you know, this sort of cat fight thing. There's a reason behind it. And, of course, her intentions are all, you know, very pure, from her heart out of concern, but um, as this, as the series unfolds and starts to reveal itself, you'll understand, you'll understand why. And I think the, the, I think the fans will have a tremendous amount of empathy and understanding um, for, for that character, Corinne, when they understand what's going on. I have an interesting question that sort of has popped into my head and this is uh, for both Shannon and for Signe. I have, I've seen when there was some talk about all my children and one life to live possibly migrating online. Of course, that ended up not being the case for right now. Anyway, uh, there was some talk and some belief that uh, maybe moving online was some sort of lesser form of entertainment. And it made me think that that's sort of the same thing that a lot of people have held true about soaps, that soaps were somehow a lesser form of of entertainment. We all know that that's, that's not the case, and I'm not entirely sure where that ever came from, but was there ever any reluctance on either of your part that doing a web series was somehow 
a, a lesser form of, of entertainment. I don't know where that's come from from people. Well, you know, I think it comes from the idea, and no, there wasn't. I mean, it's for me, this is Shannon speaking. It's the it's the wave of the future. I mean, it, this is where all entertainment eventually is going to migrate. You're going to have television, you're going to have films, you're going to have web. It's all going to sort of be interchangeable. And so this is very exciting. I mean, soap operas are often, serials, dramas, are often at the forefront of new media. I mean, it, you know, you go back to, you know, Charles Dickens. I mean, those were serial stories, little bits of stories. And sometimes I think anything that's very popular gets people turn their nose up at as if it's if the if everybody likes it that it can't be that good which of course is just ridiculous <laughs> but you know people want to turn their noses up that's fine but most of the time they're secretly watching anyways well it's interesting we actually have a caller that must have uh set something off shannon and it's a caller for you so let's go to the phone lines and welcome mark to, to soap central live mark welcome to the show Thank you so much, Shannon. Uh, I called in. Did Tyler thought it would be a good idea that I call in just to surprise you. I haven't seen you in about a year, but how are you? Oh, Mark, I am great. Oh, it's so good <laughs> to hear you. Oh, thanks. We have some chemistry, don't we? Oh, my Lord, I'm going to second that, that, that comment. Chemistry that jumps off the screen. I'll be quiet now. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say this for everyone that's listening, uh, Shannon. I want to personally thank you in front of everyone for being so patient with me and dealing with my anxiety for my first on-screen kiss. So thank you so much for being so professional and, and uh, making it so easy for me. Well, thank you for giving me a, a delightful kiss, and I'm now turning red, which I'm so happy that all of the uh, the, 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 the listeners can't see right now me blushing. <laughs> it was and that, and that is in the premiere episode tonight, people. So. <laughs> Oh, so we get a first kiss in the first episode. That's what we see. That's the kind of stuff that uh, particularly soap fans like. We like to see this sort of stuff. The romance, the drama, the excitement. Hey, Dan, I, I would love to address that question about, about web series quickly. Um, Absolutely. You know, I love, what, I love what Shannon said because the truth of the fact is nobody thought that radio was going to be able to make the jump to television. And, and let's look at how that turned out. The Internet is is... The future. It connects. It's not just a. It's just. It's not just a nationwide ability to reach people. It's a global connection. And when I tell you that the messages that I've been getting on Facebook from France, Italy, Germany, Russia, people who are going to be tuning in to watch the show now. And, and by the way, because of my work on Guiding Light, Young and the Restless, Santa Barbara, you know, huge European fans. Um, this is the wave of the future. This is where it's going. And I have tremendous amount of tr pride, and I think that Tyler does as well, that we were able to bring together this incredible group of actors and what we have created. Um, I, I, I just think you're going to see a huge change. You're going to see award, award ceremony shows that are going to be popping up to, you know, to honor the web series now. There's well, going to be a I mean, big shift in all of now, this. Now, you know, the Emmys have embraced this, so now exactly. we'll be eligible for the Emmys. So it's, it's, it's changing, it's growing, and technology, as we know it, people don't watch TV the way they used to. People DVR programs, they watch them on their iPads, their laptops, their, their cell phones. There's so many different ways to view it now. That's part of the reason, I think, why they have such a difficult time the Nielsen ratings are antiquated. You can't really keep track of what people are watching, how they're watching it. 
And so this is really the next generation in entertainment. And I think what Todd Fisher and Stuart St. John have created in the SFN Entertainment Network is they've created a network on the Internet, which has never been done. It's groundbreaking. It's going to change entertainment as we know it. And you got to tune in tonight because I'm telling you, the chemistry between Mark and Shannon, Shannon is palatable, okay? Well, and that's, that's, right. just one of, that's just one of those things, too. You, put, you get two actors, and in particular, you know, Shannon always said this about that, that Blake, her character, and Mark's character, Silas, are the rock, the, the couple that is, the, you know, the, the strong couple in the first season. And you put the two actors together, and, and um, you hope, as a director and writer, you know, you hope that they have chemistry. Well, it's, you know, it was immediate. So, you know, it just lights up the screen when people watch it. Well, I think that that is, I mean, that's got me, I was going to watch anyway, but that's got me really looking forward to seeing, well, now that we know there's a, a first kiss here for Mark, that's <laughs> on screen, that'll be kind of, that'll be kind of fun. And of course, I can assure you it was not Mark's first kiss. Well, that, yes, I, 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 <laughs> well, you know, it's, this is so central live after dark here. I've, I've had a, a little bit too much water, so you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> I want to you know, thank... I, I believe Shit. that my first on-screen kiss might have been Michael Easton, who's now was just on One Life to Live, so it's sort of a, a full circle. Oh, my gosh. And, oh. Yeah. That's well, we, let's do confession. Sydney first on-screen kiss. <laughs> Oh, Signe, when was who was your first on-screen kiss? Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. My first on-screen kiss was with, I believe it was Vincent, Vincent Arizari, on Santa Barbara. First kiss I ever had, and that turned out well. I have a beautiful daughter as a result of it, Santa <laughs> Sophia. <laughs> He's a good kisser too. So, <laughs> see this. This is what we can't do during our six o'clock or at eight o'clock. Apparently, we can just we can talk about whatever we want. So. <laughs> well, of course, we were married, so it did sort of evolve from a, you know a uh, an on screen kiss to, to something much greater. So well, I didn't I mean, mean to I be inappropriate, Dad. I apologize. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. I know that we are we're getting ready for our next uh, group of guests here, but Shannon and Mark, I want to give you. Uh, each the opportunity before we let you go to uh, sort of express what's going through your mind. As you know, we are just 30 minutes away from the premiere. Let's start off with Mark. Uh, I, I, I mean, I just, I'm bubbling over with excitement right now, and I know that sounds trite and cliche, but um, I'm really so excited. Before I called in, I was on the phone with all my family members, just elated with uh, with what's about to happen. So I'm, I really I can't be more thrilled. Uh, I can't be more humbled to work with such a talented cast and crew. I can't be more thankful to the production team, uh, Tyler and Signe, for being so business savvy and making the connection with SFN. And uh, I'm just I'm really happy to be a part of the the uh, River Ridge family and the SFN family. And Shannon. Wow. Mr. Chemistry just stole all all the good lines. <laughs> he's so he's so right. It was really a, a pleasure to work with everybody. I'm very excited. This is my first uh, web series, so that's ex very exciting. You know, I, I, again, I don't feel that there's anything um, less than. I mean, this is 
again, the, the wave of the future. So it's very exciting. And, and I'm glad that Signe reminded us that, you know, people are watching from all over the world. I mean, so, I mean, I've got, we all have fans globally and, you know, on my, you know, you can track sometimes people who go to your websites and stuff and see where they're from. And you're like, Uruguay or, you know, wherever it's from. So this is just really a wonderful, exciting way to reach so many people. And uh, I'm just thrilled. I can't wait. And I can't wait to see the scenes that I'm not in. I mean, I have a lot of ideas about the scenes I was in, but I'm, I'm excited about watching the whole show. I think a lot of people are. So, Shannon and Mark, I want to thank you both for being a part of the show. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. Okay, bye-bye. The river's Bye. rising. Bye-bye. Bye, darlings. Bye. Now, I believe, Tyler, that we have the official River Ridge theme song uh, that might be played here on the air for the first time before the, the premiere. Yes, because it, the official theme song... I co-wrote with the amazing duo, Amanda and Travis. It will be premiering in the second episode. So the theme song will not be in the pilot tonight. It'll be premiering two weeks from now. But we gave you guys a Soap Central an exclusive, and you're going to debut our official theme song. Well, what do you say we take a listen to it right now? Okay. Well, that was our first listen to the theme to River Ridge, and you'll be hearing that next week. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't tune in and listen and check out the first episode of River Ridge. It's coming up at 9 o'clock Eastern. We're 27 minutes away, guys. Oh, my gosh. Countdown. So exciting. Woo! <laughs> like Shannon said, that's our, that's our – Shannon slipped in right before she got the air, our, our little quote that we use. The river's rising, so it is. The river is on the rise. Yes, it is. That is all over Twitter. Apparently, uh, folks have already picked up on that, and they're they're you know I'm, I'm reading here. We've got uh, Sandy H362, who, in addition to popping the wine, is counting down the minutes with us as well. And there are so many people who are really looking forward to it. So, what are some of the things that you're hearing from from the fans who are when they're talking about what they're expecting, maybe how much they can't wait, what are you hearing from the fans, guys? Signe, you want to go first? Uh, we, we just had such a positive reaction from everybody. Um, just everybody is just saying this is just beyond, um, and you know, just anybody's expectations in terms of performance. The quality, you know, the uh, the cinematography, the quality of the, just everything across the board just looks so beautiful. The storylines are engaging. The acting is amazing. And it's very real. You know, the, the point of what we tried to create was something that people could really identify with. 
they sit down, they watch it, and they go, well, you know, that's just, you know, that would never happen to me, or, you know, that's completely out of my league, or, you know, that's so far-fetched. This is something that people will relate to with a loved one directly or indirectly, coworkers, friends, family members, whatever. So we've just had um, over and over again, and people just so excited. And I love it. I mean, the, the, the comments that we get um, from fans in terms of reaching out and, and Facebook and, and tweeting and doing all of that is they try to figure things out now within the plot. They try and guess what's going to happen. They're just so connected to it already, and we haven't even aired. So, yes. And for me, I think the one word that I keep hearing, because obviously we've, we've the trailer has been the thing that everybody's only been able to really latch on to. So it's been dissected for six months since it premiered on Soap Central, <laughs> and it's emotion is the word I hear. Emotion, emotion, emotion that people get from the previews. So that means a lot to us because the show is about the simplistic things in life. And when you tell simple stories and they're executed the right way, I think viewers become the most invested in those stories, Mm -hmm. the stories Mm -hmm. they can relate to. Yeah, it's that identification. And everybody wants to be understood and everybody wants to be heard. And I think this storytelling well, as I said, people will connect to it. And I love that. I'm, I'm a huge fan of foreign films. And what I love about foreign films is they take a very simple story and they tell it well. And that's exactly what um, I feel that we've created here through, you know, Tyler's incredible uh, stories and his ability to weave storyline together. Um, well, let's which is, bring- really is a craft. It's a craft. Let's- Let's bring in another of the wonderful cast members of River Ridge. Now, folks out there, he may not have a soap opera past, but don't hold that against him. We'll give him a chance to uh, explain that up in a little bit. Check out this list of movie credits, Burlesque, Little Fockers, and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Matt McAbee, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? We're having a good time. How about yourself? I'm doing awesome. I can't wait for this premiere. We're having 20... a party. Yeah, <laughs> a little party over there. Nice. <laughs> you so, know about that, young man, right? Uh, party maybe, man. Maybe maybe I've dabbled. <laughs> You're in there. <laughs> young, gorgeous, and single in Los Angeles. Do I need I say more? <laughs> I know. Hey, yeah. we, in addition to talking about stuff, you know, we can also be a, a dating service. We can do all kinds of stuff here on the show. So, Matt, let's find out a little bit about yourself. Let's uh, some of your previous experiences, and of course, we want to find out more about who you're playing on River Ridge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'm from Northern California originally, and I've been in Hollywood for about three years. Um, River Ridge was kind of my first uh, big, big gig working with such experienced actors like uh, Julie Pinson and, and Sidney Coleman. Um, it's just been such a great opportunity. I've been um, anticipating the premiere for such a long time. Uh, my, my character, Avery Reeves, he's kind of like the all-American jock um, baseball player. He's, uh, you know, he's a little uncertain about his future, and he's kind of getting involved in um, a relationship with an Afri- African-American girl and it's a small town, so that's not really um, accepted. So he feels a little uncomfortable about that. And he's really torn on if he should 
stay in River Ridge or, you know, follow his dream and go to go to Florida for his baseball. Do you think that that's something there may be some folks who are who are listening and there are going to be a lot of uh, issues that pop up in River Ridge that are either social issues or maybe something that are a little bit of, of controversy to them? You personally, were you surprised to find out that in now 2012, there are still some folks who have issues with interracial dating? Yeah, it's so, I don't know, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, it's just, you know, we should be past that. And, um, you know, I, even living in L.A., you still see, you know, that not really accepted. And I'm not really sure why. So hopefully this series can kind of bring that to um, to the table and people can realize that it, it does not matter and it's not a big deal and it, and it should be accepted by everybody. Tyler, I'd imagine that when you were crafting a lot of these stories, these were sort of things that that you had in mind, things that can maybe, I don't want to say educate, because that sort of maybe isn't the right word, but the thing that folks who are watching this can maybe learn or examine themselves and, and see if they're sort of doing maybe what they should. Well, I think from a writer's standpoint, I think the minute that you set yourself up to come across as preachy, you lose people. And that's never our intention or never our goal. Our goal is to show authentic stories that people can relate to because when people can relate and when that connection is made to characters, that's where the dialogue begins. That's where the conversations at, at home begin, even if they're solitary conversations with, your, with a person and their self. That is where it begins. So for me, these are all, these are all based on true stories, true experiences. So there is so much authenticity in these stories. Um, and I have a question for Matt. Your on-screen mother's on the line. So what was it like working with Sydney Coleman is my question. Oh, it, it was such a blast. Um, you know, you, knowing Sydney before shooting River Ridge, um, you know, I already got along with her great and, and being on set with her and, and um, being able to work with her was even better. Um, just a true professional makes you feel so comfortable um, talking about your character, um, talking about the scene. Um, you feel just so in the moment with her. It was a great opportunity. Oh, thank you, Matt. That's really sweet, honey. I really appreciate that. Oh, Matt is um, Matt has a, an incredible future in front of him. He is a very, very gifted young actor, and. Um, every every recommendation that I made to him, every suggestion in terms of classes, um, you know, being in class, getting involved with the theater group, studying the arts from uh, from you know top to bottom in terms of museums, reading classical literature, listening to classical music, it basically you know in, in encompassing, embracing all the arts which feed you know feed you as an actor. Um, he was just like a duck to water. I mean, just, he was just so willing and so open and worked so hard. It really, and, and there was a, a, you know, just a, a natural, I think, chemistry between the two of us. Um, but you, well, you know, Sydney you're going to see some amazing performances from this young man. Sydney mm -hmm. called. We actually, there was another actor that had the part and Sydney, Sydney was in Los Angeles and I was, coming out to Los Angeles for, for meetings, and she called me and said, um, I, I know there's somebody on, on hold for the, for the role, but will you please make time to meet Matt? And I said, absolutely. I, the minute that he read 
from me with Signe, it was, it was a done deal. It was a done deal. Be, the, the chemistry that they had, the, the, the depth that, that he went to, because I think I tried to give every single character on, all, on the show, make them all very three-dimensional. And in one, a lot of these actors, in one scene, they go up, down, sideways, left, center. And for an actor, I think that is just, you know, I'm not an actor, so how does it feel as, as an actor <laughs> to, in one scene to go all those places? Well, yeah, and it's finding it's finding all the dimensions of the character, and you realize that the, the moment that you walk onto a set or into, uh, let's say we're shooting in the kitchen, into that kitchen, you bring the years of every single experience that you've had as that character into that scene, all the dynamics, your, your, your emotional baggage, for, for lack of a better description. So you've got to have, you know, you've got to have that background of understanding that character in place, the dynamics between um, whoever it is that you're working with, whatever the relationship is between those two characters that's been written in the script. And um, Matt just got that. And it was important for me to have Tyler meet Matt because I said, I, I just have a, uh, you know, I just have a feeling about this that, um, that he, that he, you know, he's right for the character. So uh, it was, it was, a, it was a really great call. Well, Matt, I want to thank you so much for calling in and giving us a little bit of a preview about your character and some of the things that are coming up. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in about 15 minutes. Oh, I can't wait. I hope everyone enjoys it. And I'm actually going to go tune in right now. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Matt. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See you later. You, Matt. Take care, honey. Bye, sweetie. Bye, Tyler. We are almost at the end of our party, but we have time for, oh, one more guest, an Emmy-winning actress who's known for roles on Port Charles, Days of Our Lives, The Young and the Restless, and As the World Turns. And she plays Kimberly Reeves in River Ridge. Please welcome Julie Pinson. Julie, welcome to Soap Central Live. Thank you so much. It's good to be talking to you guys. Well, I knew that I would get you on this show sooner or later, so I'm glad that it was sooner rather than later. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to be here. So let's get right into it. I can't help but notice that your character, Signe's character, same last name. There's got to be a connection. What can you tell us? Hmm. Well, I can tell you that they are uh, they're related. <laughs> they're sisters. <laughs> <laughs> they're sisters. And they have, a, they have a really interesting relationship, which I'm sure there are a lot of families out there that can relate to a couple of sisters. It's a love-hate thing. Mostly love, but uh, a, little, uh, a little bit of resentment, a little bit of jealousy, all that good stuff thrown in. Otherwise, it wouldn't be good TV. Oh, well, okay. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, I have to say something. Can I interrupt real quick? Absolutely. I have to say, well, well, yes, it's Tyler. Hello, hi, you. Sweet. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, I have to say this though. Uh, I don't want to forget before we get out of time or whatever. Um, when, I, when the cast was assembled on the set, and, and after I saw the dailies, I have to say, every single person, even a, even as a director or a writer, you can try and try and try and 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 get the best cast you could you have possible. And some directors don't want to admit it, but when you see the dailies, there's always some some loose spokes and some weak links, and we had none in, in, in our cast. But what I wanted to say was, Dan, you brought this question earlier about soaps and about how the media and somehow tried over time to say that, that they are a lesser form of entertainment. It was a gift to me 
to be able to show these actors and actresses in these performances that when the audience sees this, they are they they give Oscar worthy performances in the oh, show. Oh God, Tyler, please Oscar worthy. <laughs> and like like Sydney said, we watched dailies a million times over the past year. But today, when I screened the pilot one more time today, I still got emotional. And when oh. that still happens to me, it mm-hmm. just you know, they're in the words. That's a beautiful thing. That's oh my God! Well, that makes me really, really nervous, you guys, because <laughs> I haven't seen any of it yet. Yes, and, we had the, uh, the premiere, yeah, and, and Julie is her first time seeing the premiere, like she missed the, the New York premiere. So I know it's going to be. It's. It's. I mean, I'm nervous. I've been nervous all day. I'm sitting here with a glass of wine because I need to just kind of chill a little bit, and um, you know, I'm. I just. I can't wait to see it. But I. I do have to say that I got a call from my manager who said he saw the, um, the uh, what is it, the trailer on SFN. And he said, Julie, he said, I don't think you've ever looked better. The way they shot it and mm-hmm. the way that the lighting and the director of photography and, he, you know, he just had, like, amazing things to say. And so I know that from the script that I read that Tyler wrote and the way that it has been shot and what I've seen so far, it looks like it's going to be pretty damn good. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the whole thing put together. Julie's performances are are amazing. Oh, I mean, stop, please, really, no, this no, is no, one no, amazing no, actress. Stop it, please, stop. It was. <laughs> um, I'm just happy that I'm involved in this, and I'm happy that Sydney is the one playing my sister because I had a lot to play off of with Sydney. So oh. that's um that's been a blessing. Well, Julie, there's some folks on Twitter who are who are wondering. They they they're picking up on that you said that you're nervous. I mean, you've done a lot of stuff in the past. Why, uh, particularly now, why are you nervous? Well, because you know the the things that I've done in the past have mostly been soap operas, and I know how they're shot. I know how I'm going to look on camera. I know how to act for a certain type of camera. This is the first time that I've actually kind of done um, like a, a mini movie with uh, you know a real camera, not a, uh, you know, a video camera type of thing. And so, um, you know, this, this kind of camera that Tyler was using picks up on a lot more nuances, and it's a whole different way of acting that I'm not used to, whereas I think that with this kind of a camera, you need to be less. You need to pull back because the camera will see everything all by itself. You don't have mm-hmm. to overact. You don't have to push. Hmm. So I don't know... You know, I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know how it's going to look, so that's why I'm nervous. I'm no, you're going to be, you're going to be really pleased, Julie. And I, and well. I have to say that, you know, she was, in, you know, when you work with a fellow actor and they're so willing to create, a, you know, all the background storyline and really build from the ground up the foundation, um, you know, particularly you sisters, you have so that. much more I to work along. off of, and <laughs> what a yeah. gift. Well, you did that, Signe. I just kind of followed your lead, you know. I mean, you, you're the one that wanted to really delve into the characters, and I went, oh, that's a good idea. Let's try that. You know, because sometimes was, on soaps you just don't have time because you're doing it so quickly. And, you know, you're doing a yeah, movie. But you were a, a very an willing partner in, in all of it, and to be it able to rehearse and, and, you know, and flesh it out and really find the colors of it. Um, and, you know, I really, I think that Julie and I look like sisters, you know, blonde and brunette, of course, but I think that oh, there's sure. a, a definite similarity. Sure. And, 
There's a scene tonight. In, there's a scene tonight in the in, in the pilot, and I, when, I, when I was directing it, because I've been just absorbing all the all the, the feedback and, and mail from fans, and what they're saying is, is that they that River Ridge appears to be like the OC and One Tree Hill in our use of music, which is very oh. true. We have so many music artists in the show, and the music is a big part of our show. And in particular, I directed a scene of Julie's where she stepped out of the car in, in the pilot tonight, and in my head, the song was playing while I was directing it. And oh, cool. at the premiere, when it happened, and her shoe hit the ground, you'll see it in the pilot tonight, the crowd went crazy. <laughs> went crazy. <laughs> and of all the... And here's our fun fact. Dan, you want some, some fun facts. The only thing that I kept from the first season as a souvenir were the shoes that Julie yeah. wore in that scene. Yeah, the boots, right? <laughs> That's the boots. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And, you have to, and when I see you next time, you're going to have to sign the bottom for me. Well, Liz, yeah, they're, like, they're like the ruby slippers from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I'm telling you, the funnest part about this, about doing the show, was that Tyler let me wear to wear. So, um, I, and I've always been more of a kind of a rocker chick, leather, black leather kind of jeans kind of girl with lots of jewelry, and I've never been able to play those kind of parts on the soap operas that I've done. And so when Tyler let me wear whatever I wanted to wear, it, it, you know, with, and those boots he picked out for me, I was really, I was happier than a pig and mug, let me tell you. And, you know, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Was, and let I me tell you, she works it, too. I mean, it, she looks amazing. <laughs> I remember very well from, from being there in person and seeing it. Definitely did. I can't believe it, guys. We are down to our final minute and a half. So we've got a minute and a half before we go over to sfntv.com to watch the premiere of River Ridge. I'm going to give you guys, uh, I guess, 30 seconds each to sort of sum up what you're feeling. Start with Julie. Did we lose everybody? I'm here. here. <laughs> okay. Julie, you got, what are you thinking? Uh, in 30 seconds or so, how do you feel about what's coming up? I'm excited to see it, and I'm excited for all the people that are going to be watching it, too. And my tweeter peeps, like Brandy and Sandy and 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 the other Brandy, B- I can't say that probably on TV, but uh, <laughs> all my friends, I'm so excited that we're all going to be watching it together. And I love my husband. Signe, <laughs> in 30 seconds, what are you feeling? Um, excited, exhilarated, uh, just, just really, really can't wait to see the fans' reaction. And I want to thank each and every one, uh, just all of the fans who have been so supportive and all of this. And of course, Todd Fisher and Stuart St. John for being so visionary and seeing, you know, what we were doing and just, you know, really getting it and that we're part of their family now. And, Tyler, I love you. You are brilliant. You are my partner. You are my friend. Dan, thank you for having us. And the fans, we are nothing without you. Thank you for staying with us and being so patient. And Tyler, last word is yours. I have one thing to say. Welcome to River Ridge. Woohoo! <laughs> the river is rising. It is rising. The yes. river is rising. So everybody, we you can stop listening to the show in about 30 seconds. You can head over to sfntv.com or to uh, riverridgetheseries.com, and uh, everybody can get there and get watch it. Grab your popcorn. You've got enough time between the time the show ends and between the time River Ridge starts to get a drink, a snack, sit down, get comfortable. And uh, we'll be back probably next week. We can talk a little bit about it, and certainly we'll be online on soapcentral.com sharing our thoughts and on Twitter. So until then, everybody, join us next week 
for another edition of Soap Central Live. The river's rising, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.